Every week at this time, DNC talks with Nesson Boston Bruins analyst Andy Brickley. Andy Brickley brought to you by Norfolk Power Equipment. Right now, Norfolk Power Equipment has 0% financing on all Kubota tractors. Visit Norfolk Power Route 1A in Rentham or Route 102 in Burlville, Rhode Island, online at NorfolkPower.com. And by McGee Chevrolet in Raynham, the first place and the last place you'll need to shop for a newer used Chevrolet. And by Sal's Pizza. If you're going to carry out, why not pick up the biggest, freshest, tastiest pizza around, Sal's Pizza. Now that's a slice. We will uh, connect with Brick within moments here. He probably hasn't gone to bed yet. I'm joking about it. Hello, Brick. How you doing? Hey, Dale. How are you? Brick! And Buck is here as well. Hey, are you guys enjoying the morning after? <laughs> As I said at one point during the telecast last night, there is no way to put perfume on that pig. It was still a pig. There's nothing good to say about last night, is there? Yeah, and when you evaluate any kind of uh, loss or victory, you usually start along the goal line, and uh, that's been an area of strength for the Bruins for a number of years now. But uh, lately it hasn't been. They haven't been getting the saves. They haven't been getting the goaltending and the team defense combining with that, uh, and that's why you've lost three in a row, and it's been an ugly three. Brick, was, is, is Turco as bad as he looked in those first four and a half minutes, or should we just toss that out? Um, I'm concerned. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, he had a mediocre at best season last season in the NHL, the fact that uh, no NHL team wanted to sign him to a deal at the beginning of the year, and then you add to that, no team stepped in the way when they could have prevented the Bruins from getting him at the trade deadline in order to, uh, or I should say after the trade deadline, in order to you know to make up for the loss of Tuukka Rask. To me, those are all just clear signs of a guy that uh, uh, nobody felt that was capable of doing the job at the NHL level anymore, that his time had come and gone. And when you see some of the goals that were scored last night, uh, it makes you awfully concerned because you know that Tim Thomas is going to have to really play just about every game. Well, even when he came back in, the Stamkos goal, you know, glove side, short side, it just it just yeah. seems like he's just a little slow. Well, that, and, uh, you know, he doesn't look big. He doesn't look imposing. He doesn't look tough to beat. Uh, what you do like, obviously, is his ability to move the puck. Uh, but really, it's about saving the puck at that position. And, um yeah, they have they have some problems in net right now. There's no denying it. You can't uh, you can't turn your you can't turn a blind eye to it. I made the point yesterday morning on Twitter before they had played any of the the, the game last night that if I were Claude Julian, I would play Marty Turco in last night's game and I'd play him again in Thursday's game because Tim Thomas looked like a guy who needed at least a mental health break, if not a physical break. Obviously, four and a half minutes into the game, back to Tim Thomas, Claude went. I was surprised he didn't just say, you know what, Marty, unfortunately, you got to kind of suffer through this one because we're just going to play it out. Well, you look at a team like Tampa, and uh, you're going to get your opportunities to score. You're going to get your shots. You're going to get quality opportunities if you can bring any kind of a skating game. And when it got to 3 nothing, and that's a decision that Claude has to make, do we still have a chance to take points out of this in our only way was to make a change in goal. I had to change the attitude of the team. I had to get some stops. Uh, I believe more in Tim Thomas than I do in Marty Turco right now. This is our only chance. And when it uh, when it didn't go that way in the second period, obviously they went back to Marty Turco, and and now it goes more in line with what you're thinking, Dale. That uh, you know just to take the bullet for the team and uh, got to get Tim Thomas ready to play and get him ready for the postseason. But right now they still want to secure a top three spot. They want a top two spot if they can get it by winning the division. 
And what gives you the best opportunity to do that? It's got to be Tim Thomas. Just just a trivial item, but have you seen a coach put the starter back in again? We mentioned Keenan doing it for the – Dale mentioned timeouts and so forth, but can you remember in recent vintage uh, a coach putting the starter back in after pulling him? Um, I can't cite anything specific, Buck, as far as, uh, you know, uh, something that would make a serious point or, or, or answer your question, but uh, it's happened a lot. Uh, throughout the career of uh, of goaltenders, where that situation arises, uh, once the game gets back out of hand and you don't feel like you can win, and the whole idea was to play your backup in order to rest your starter, uh, coaches have definitely gone back to uh, to the backup to finish a game. Because I just think it's mindset. It's not so much the minutes. It's it's the game prep and what goes on in your head leading up to the game. And I just think they robbed Tim Thomas of a night to mentally close his head and, and, and get a night off. That That's yeah, my but, issue with last night. But the flip side of that, Buck, is that uh, uh, it can be a really uplifting experience for a guy. He can do a lot for uh, you know regaining that swagger and that yeah. confidence if he's able to come in, shut the door, and you come back and you take points out of the game. So it can have just the opposite effect, too. Yeah, we were looking at the numbers pretty closely last night, uh, sitting in the green room at Nesson, and while the, the line that was put together of Krejci, Lucic, and Sagan has been a force offensively, defensively it's been a train wreck. As they, they went into last night's game with 27 points combined in the month of March, and yet they were only a plus six. Krejci was on for all four goals against in the first period last night, and I think Claude probably decided, because I saw he shuffled him around later in the game, that you can't have those three guys out there together defensively. Yeah, that's always been a concern when you look at David Krejci and, uh, and how gifted he is and how magical he can be with the puck and how he usually seems to play great in big games uh, as with this last year in the postseason. Uh, but that plus-minus thing kind of jumps off the page at you a little bit uh, for a team that uh, has been real good 5-on-5 five five again this year uh, for him to be a minus player and play the center position. That can be a little alarming. Uh, when you really break it down. The problem right now is that, uh, you know, you have guys in certain slots that really don't belong or are playing where they are, and you're asking them to do things that they're not capable of. And because of that, when a team game plans, you game plan for that crazy line. Uh, you try to outwork them. You try to make them spend time in their own zone. You, know, you get the best matchup you can on uh, on your defensive pair to play against them. And if you can turn that matchup around where you get the better of them, the chances of beating Boston go up immeasurably because the Bruins are not deep at the forward line combinations right now. We are a town that doesn't like excuses. We don't like players who make excuses. We don't like coaches who make excuses or talk show hosts who make excuses. But it is also it, it is simply ignoring the facts if you don't talk about the injury situation for the Bruins and how it's had an effect all the way down your lineup to have these guys sitting on the sidelines the way they are. Yeah, it, it, you're right. You can't ignore that, uh, the fact that these guys are injured uh, and guys are playing injured. And, and when you deal with it, you say, well, all teams have these, these issues. Uh, we rave about the Bruins' depth and balance, but when you don't have uh, the depth within the organization through Providence where guys come up, and guys have come up and done a decent job, uh, but when you lose certain guys and guys that are big, huge role players for you that play special teams, that play in your top six as far as your forwards go, uh, then it speaks to if you don't have good health like the Bruins had last year, it's difficult to to be a dominant team. You know, and 
I know last night uh, at the top of our portion of the broadcast, we try to be very matter-of-fact about what this team has been over the last 40, 34 games, and that is mediocre. Um, you know, the points tell you that, the, the numbers, the goals for, the goals against, the special teams, it all tells you that it's been pretty mediocre, pretty inconsistent, and that has got to change. They've got to find their game over the last, uh, what do we got, 13 games, 12, 14 games, somewhere in that neighborhood. They've got to find their game. They've got to get healthy, and I think they've really put a strong value on winning the division. And if they can do that, I think it would go a long way to put them in a better frame of mind when you start talking about round one. So, Brick, speaking of last night's broadcast and speaking of Jack, Jack, as only Jack can do, eloquently <laughs> tried to tie this team up with the September Red Sox from last year. You weren't buying it, were you? <laughs> no. You wanted, you wanted out of that show, didn't you? Were you were stepping away well, from that vehicle. <laughs> I was just trying to, you know, impress upon him that that Red Sox team was not a playoff team last year. And I wanted to make sure that he was well aware of that. And uh, I don't know how he snuck it in, though, by telling uh, Toronto that they got the first goal wrong, because he let them know that, too. When, oh, my God, did he ever. When, when Jack goes <laughs> off like that, is it like John Belushi in Animal House when he's on a roll, you just let him keep going? <laughs> Uh, yeah, I try to have his back, but uh, when he's emphatic <laughs> like that, it's his show. Look, he was he was right, and I disagreed with the call from Toronto as well, but that was at the time he was making his point, it was like four goals ago. Yeah, that's not why they were down five, nothing. <laughs> you don't think that I mean, mentally it, it does, unglued them? It does, yeah, it does. No, no, it, it does change the complexion of the game just to focus on that goal uh, once more. And, and I was with Jack. We were both in agreement. Uh, while we were waiting for the official word and the call on the ice was no goal, uh, I was I was positive that that was going to be the call. Not no only goal. positive, you were matter-of-fact about it. You were, oh, let's just get this call out of the way so we can talk about some other stuff. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, and then you try to criticize the league when criticism is due, and, uh, and we certainly did that. But, you know, you move <clears> on, and... If it was if it was at a different time and it changed the score dramatically, uh, and I know the Bruins have gotten behind and you never like to play catch up, but uh, you know, all right, they got the call wrong. We disagree with it. Uh, they thought it was an angling play and not a distinct kicking motion, and we thought they got it wrong. But uh, you know, the next goal, you weren't going to take that one away, and then the third goal, you weren't going to take that one away, and, <laughs> and that's when the focus became on what are we doing as a team, Boston Bruins, because you got to get your game together. Well, let's talk about a different area where the league might have affected the Bruins. And I talked to Brendan Shanahan yesterday. I get the sense that some of the physical edge has been taken away from the Bruins. And you went through that stretch where you had the 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 suspension to Marchand and the suspension to Ference and the discussion of Milan Lucic running Ryan Miller. This team doesn't seem to be playing with the same physical edge that they were earlier in the year. Yeah, and I think you make a good point, Dale. Uh, there's got to be something to it because uh, because there there is a slant that seems to exist right now uh, when it comes to meeting out discipline for the Bruins. And uh, when you take that kind of edge away, you're you're hurting this team's makeup. Uh, it's what gives them an advantage over most teams uh, because they play, and we like to use that phrase, the right way. Well, I guess it's not the right way in the eyes of the league because they've been penalized for for crossing the line in their view. And if you take that away from from players that make up your identity, and now that alters it, uh, you either got to change as a player and become more productive and effective in a different manner, uh, or you got to tone it down but still be aggressive at the same time. And uh, I don't think that's what ails the Bruins, but it's certainly a factor. Breck, I recognize that with concussions, it's very difficult to gauge when a player is going to be game ready. 
taking that into consideration, at what point will it be too late for Nathan Horton to contribute to this team? Because he hasn't even started skating yet. Um, I don't know, Buck. I would say uh, if you get beyond round one or even, I guess, as late as round two, I guess, you could be able to salvage something of a season and have some kind of impact. Uh, with his type of play, it's difficult because he plays his best when he's really aggressive and strong on puck and strong on checks and so on. Uh, but I think once you get into the postseason, if you're getting into round two without him uh, having you know, played an NHL game, it, it doesn't look good for the rest of the season. Spring of 08, wasn't Bergeron at least skating in the Montreal series and then there was speculation if they got past Montreal, then he might have played? Yes, there was that speculation. Uh, I don't know how accurate it was. Um, you'd have to ask Patrice more or less about how he felt at that time and what he thought his chances were playing and, and where he was with all the testing and the psych testing. Uh, but I believe that was certainly the scuttlebutt at the time. I'm just thinking that he's going to have to skate before the regular season ends for him to be of any help with this team in the playoffs. Well, you're probably right. You're probably right, and that would be the best-case scenario. And You know, when we were doing the uh, <clears throat> deadline deal day, program with Nesson and uh, trying to speculate as to as to uh, what the Bruins could do in order to maybe get a top six forward and in lieu of the fact that you didn't think you were going to get Nathan Horton back and they weren't able to do it and a lot of those plays apparently weren't available but I know that uh, speculation at that point was well maybe Nathan Horton's a lot closer to coming back than we realized but uh, I think it's more what was happening across the league and what players were available what players were moving. Look into the Brickley crystal ball. Are the Bruins <laughs> going to be able to hold off the Ottawa Senators for the Northeast Division? I believe so, Dale. And, uh, you know, you try, to, you try to use your own personal life experiences as a professional hockey player. And, and I know I played, on, uh, I played on a couple of championship teams in the IHL at the end of my career. In March, we lost eight straight games with one of those teams. Uh, then we had about... Uh, I don't know, maybe a half a dozen before the end of the regular season when we started to turn it around. And those six games were critical to our frame of mind and how we played and what we believed in uh, in our team and, and getting our bodies back and being healthy. So uh, losing streaks at this time of year concern you greatly. Uh, gifts goals at this time of year concern you greatly. Your depth and your balance and guys playing out of position are all concerns, but I believe, looking into that crystal ball, that uh, the Boston will hold off Ottawa, they will win the division, and they'll get what they need, which is home ice and a good frame of mind to start the playoffs. I couldn't help but notice that you had some color on your cheeks last night. <laughs> when in Rome, right? I, I was just going to say, yeah. I, I don't blame <laughs> you a bit. Hey, Brick, thanks. Uh, I'll talk to you tomorrow night. All right, fellas. Good to talk to you. Take care. Break. That is Andy Brickley, a color analyst on Nesson. I, I said earlier that and I And part-time th- golfer. And part-time golfer. <laughs> well, part-time. Not on this trip. It's not part-time. <laughs> it's a full-time job on this trip. Dale. What? Dale Monday literally called him at the turn. I'm like, are you at the turn? He said, I just hit the turn. <laughs> I bet. Uh, I, I said earlier that Mike Emmerich will join us next hour. In my opinion, is the best hockey play-by-play announcer on the planet, and I truly believe that. Andy Brickley is pretty close to being as good a color analyst He's as there good. is in yes. this business, too. And uh, he has had some national work, and I'm thankful that he doesn't have more national work because mm-hmm. it might take him away from his Nesson work and, and Bruins work here because uh, he's really good.
Very and, good. And always brings something to the table, and it's always fun to talk. As to. only a UNH guy can, your buddy. Oh, stop you, you know, with the UNH. You know, stop. UNH. We are Yankee way Conference. too over UNH <laughs> at Nesson, if you ask me, with Mowers and Brickley. That's where and, I was headed. I know. Mowers, the pride of Whitesboro, New York, too, Dale. Utica, New York native, Mark Mowers. Bring I, that up with him, too. Yeah, hey, you're I, a Utica guy. Me? Didn't you call the Utica Devils? No, he did not. no, no he's long gone no, by then. I, I, he I, did the Blue Devils. I did hire all the Utica Devils, the, the Devils uh, office yeah. people. Yeah, the stuff, Devils. But, uh, yeah, no, but I didn't work They there. played an arena with a stage in the end yeah, zone. Yeah, it's, it's the auditorium in downtown, downtown Utica, New York. Yeah. God, too many, Dude, we don't too, care. Too many days spent there with <laughs> the, the, the in-laws. Of, of a million lives where crime never takes a holiday. <laughs> we'll take a quick break. We'll get back to the calls with you guys in just a couple of minutes. Doc Emmerich will join us next hour. Sports Radio, W.